welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Sean Smith of KPA about using micro-content for safety training. And now, on to the interview. I'm talking to Sean Smith, Product Director of Training for KPA. Welcome, Sean. Hello. How's it going today? It's going well. Um, thanks for joining me. And before we kind of uh, talk about micro-content, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do at KPA. Uh, yeah, so I'm product director of training and content here at KPA. Um, I've been producing training for going on 25 years now, uh, starting really more in heavy industry and uh, making my way into producing training for specifically EHS and, and HR-based training for um, manufacturing, construction, and you know uh, more uh, heavier industry as well as uh, um, lighter manufacturing. Excellent. Well, let's talk about training and specifically how has training, safety training evolved as our attention spans have gotten shorter? Well, so when I started, uh, you know, 25 years ago, if anybody was taking training back then, it was much longer. Um, uh, typically, a refresher topic would be like 30 to 45 minutes long uh, in a you know CD-ROM, CBT type training. I think there's been a lot of reasons why it's gotten um, you know a little bit more uh, just concise. Uh, mostly, probably due to the limit of time for employees. They have a lot of different things they're responsible for. Uh, very little time, and you've got to fit that training in that they need to have. So, uh, you know, making training that is more, you know, impactful and uses the time as efficiently as possible, I think has become really, really important. Um, and as far as like their attention span, same thing. You, you want to make sure you're getting the topics you absolutely have to understand uh, in a good, impactful way as quickly as you can. And it's definitely changed now. I'd say that 30 to 45 minute long training now takes about 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just much, much more concise. And obviously the impact of the internet and just the way we consume content uh, in, in bits and bytes as opposed to big chunks uh, has contributed to that, right? For sure. And, you know, if you go back to traditional CBT, you know, several years ago, you were reading along, you didn't have audio, you didn't have video, you didn't have animations, you really were just given sort of like a slideshow of, of just information. And it was really up to the learner to figure out what was the most important out of that information. And so with the internet, the ability to deliver, especially training, you know, on their own schedule, uh, when they're able to do it, um, and also highlighting that important critical information, I, you know, I think has really taken it much further than it was, uh, you know, several years ago. And also, you know, I think when you had that longer form training, a lot was dependent on the, how dynamic the presenter was. You know, if you had somebody, you know, who couldn't capture somebody's imagination or attention, uh, maybe a lot of that important information kind of slips by. A hundred percent. And we would even hear from clients, you know, of larger companies that had different people giving training off the same presentation that quality was a big problem. They didn't know from trainer A, B, C, D, you know, which ones would actually deliver it well. Some were better than others. And so an another big part of online training, you know, going to more video and audio based guided training has been consistency just knowing that they're getting the same message, that everybody's getting the same training. 
So tell me about micro content. What is it and sort of how do you how are you using it? Yeah, so micro content is short, uh, easily digestible, uh, makes a big impact in you know really a small or short amount of time. And that there's really no as far as the way we look at it, there's no constraints on you know this is or is not you know micro content. It's really more the idea that you know these are the things we consider to be you know very impactful, short, you know typically standalone topics um, that it, but but they can be relative to larger topics and that's where I think it gets really powerful is you're able to combine them um, and use them regularly so that you can start to get into more of a um, spaced repetition approach to learning versus uh, here's everything and when you're done you right. need to know it all uh, so how do you sort of uh, I mean obviously there's there's different types of presenting it and then, you know, how do you sort of uh, space it out in terms of scheduling? Because obviously, you know, people get trained on high, at higher and annually, traditionally. Uh, are, are you kind of, uh, you know, sort of working with sort of uh, quicker timelines to deliver, you know, smaller bits of information and, in, you know, in faster sort of uh, inc increments? Or how's that working? Yeah, I'd say, well, we definitely from – the the production approach, you know, we we have definitely a shorter uh, production cycle, also a higher uh, quality uh, expectation for that shorter content. So, uh, you know, we're trying to do things that are really at a much higher level, and it being shorter gives us the ability to do that. But also, how we tie those into, you know, multiple topics that can be related. If if a facility is having issues with hand injuries, having one micro content topic on hands won't be enough. You mm -hmm. need several. And, and they need to come at it from different directions and some things might be more exercise or game-based versus, you know, being informational. And that's where I think, you know, we, we have to, we have to do a little bit more work in the planning of the release of several of these to make sure that they can be used together. And we're trying to empower the client to pick and choose what works for them. Um, and what, obviously, you know, there are many different ways of delivering information. What are some examples of types of sort of delivery methods of, of this content? Well, I mean, delivery, you know, depending on the platform they're using for their training, uh, it, they can be more like games uh, that are launched, you know, individually uh, with leaderboards and that sort of thing. It can be in-person training even, um, like playing games together as a group, uh, or it can be, you know, more of your standard online-based uh, video or course. Uh, there's several different ways to approach it. We, we produce content that we think can be used in multiple ways, but so we want it we want to make it as uh, generally accessible as possible. Uh, and what's the reaction been to this kind of training from sort of folks from different generations? Because obviously, you know, your older workers, uh, you know, your boomers or, or even Gen X, they're kind of, you know, they came up in, you know, what you were talking about originally, which is sort of that, you know, long kind of, you know, 45 minute hour presentation, you know, somebody's talking at you or showing you slides. Uh, how are they kind of taking to this newer content or newer types of, you know, ways of delivering content? Well, you know, I think it depends on the particular piece. Um, but, you know, in, in the case of we produce a lot of uh, incident recreations and interviews with employees that are short format, that are really designed to really 
get employees attention and be relatable and, and really be real. So those get great response from really all types mm -hmm. of user and all types of learners because, you know, we're really, we're helping them relate this information we need them to understand to real life. And so that I've, I've found that that really makes a big impact and it doesn't have as many barriers as say like VR or like gamified where that's where you're going to, I think, have a little bit more range of mm -hmm. certain groups are going to expect and really like that. And others aren't going to totally understand it or, or want to take that kind of training. So I think it's important that you offer more than just one uh, approach and, 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 you know, and I say it a lot, but, but, but really making sure that every second that they're spending, they're getting something out of it and that they're learning. And yeah, and you've really been mixing and matching sort of the different types of content and then, yes. found, yeah, found that'd be pretty effective. Yeah, because that gives, uh, you know, the safety manager or the person in charge really the ability to choose what they want to use, and what they think works for them. You know, a, a really, you know, good example of that is like, you know, we, we've, we've sort of stayed away from high impact or like gory picture type trainings, uh, like, you know, but some, some facilities have, you know, really dangerous jobs that need to be right. done and higher risk. And some of those safety managers choose to use more of that high impact type training, but many clients don't and don't have the same need for it. So, you know, we've, we've found that offering lots of different variety um, and really levels of training. So things more pointed towards someone who's walking through an area versus somebody who's working in an area all the time um, and machine specific as well is another great approach for micro content because it allows you to actually show what they're dealing with. Um, but that, that's the way we've just sort of naturally developed it over the years. Um, and what are, uh, what are some examples, I guess, of, of EHS focused micro content? What are, what are some things that you're kind of, that you've been working on that you've found to be pretty effective? Yeah. So we do, uh, toolbox talks. You're kind of like the, the core of, uh, micro learning. So we'll take, you know, small, uh, very specific topics and do a two to three minute, um, toolbox talk type uh, training, uh, which will typically have an exercise or something to engage the user, but is really to the point. So they learn some, something really quick and brief, and then they move on, and it could be combined with other trainings. Um, and we also have, as I mentioned, uh, incident recreations uh, and, and near misses. Uh, we do these both live action where we film at a location. Uh, and show what you know what the risks are, and, and and basically using special effects and things to to drive home you know what could have happened or did happen. Uh, we also uh, have an animation approach as well, um, and then we've started to really uh, get into VR uh, by taking those same scenes and letting employees actually drop into that area and and really immerse themselves in the experience of you know what could happen or has happened in an instant. Um, and then uh, we also really have found that employee interviews and family interviews are super impactful. Like people just relate to it when they hear, you know, a, a brother or a, a mother talk about, you know, how an injury affected, you know, mm -hmm. their lives and the, the entire family's life. Uh, are there particular industries that this kind of, uh, you know, approach really works well with as opposed to others like are there there's some that you've kind of focused on and found like oh you know gamify gamifying this 
really works for this particular industry as opposed to, you know, you know, using video or, or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that for the most part, I mean, now that we, we're really producing training across a lot of different uh, businesses and business sectors and different types of facilities, um, I haven't found that like any one particular thing like works better here than it works there. I, I think it's it's been more what we do offer needs to feel authentic to those users in those areas. So they, if we try to, you know, pass off a training that, you know, really obviously comes from a different industry, yeah. they're not, they're not going to get it. It's just not, it's not going to be as effective and it's not going to work as well. Um, so, so that to me, it's more about that more, more about it being, you know, really authentic to what they do and relatable. Um, and, and, you know, the methods are, they're, they're really, you know, they're different based on, I think, the individual users or that particular company and what kind of hardware they have and what they can offer. Yeah, and, and I think you mentioned earlier, even just sort of based on the, the, like you said, the company and sort of what they feel works best for for their culture or their, you know, uh, their environment, uh, you know, you'll work with them to kind of figure that out. A hundred percent. And I think one thing you say, culture, I mean, we really, training is one way that you can really help build a strong safety culture uh, by understanding the kind of training and the learning that your employees need um, and, and making all of it available as easily as possible, I think is a great way to build a, a strong safety culture. It shows that you care and that you want them to have that information when they need it. And they kind of figure out, all right, we want to, you know, we want to kind of, you know, now that the training is a little bit shorter, let's let's do this every three months as opposed to every, you know, once a year or every six months, something like that. Or even more often than that, like if you were to see that you had, you know, a, an uptick in a certain kind of uh, injury, that's a great you know, opportunity. Yeah, you should you should go to the 12 minute refresher. That's that's important because it's going to cover everything OSHA says they need to know about it. But then you could supplement that you know, every week, you know, with, with a short format topic or with a question of the day, like exercise where, you know, you're just engaging them on a regular basis about that particular thing that you know that, you know, is more of a concern right now than maybe it was yesterday. Um, and that way, you know, like one thing I've noticed is when these incidents occur, um, it happens so fast. It just, it, it hits an employee so fast that they aren't really able to respond. So by having this information top of mind, the hope is that they can avoid it, you know, being in that position where they would have to react. Have you heard uh, from either from folks you work with or even directly from, uh, you know, OSHA or places like that? Have you heard any feedback on, on sort of how inspectors are seeing the effectiveness of this, you know, uh, of shorter content as opposed to the old way of doing things? I haven't really heard anything as far as from OSHA, um, you know, and it, mostly what we hear from clients about that is, you know, having an LMS in place, having training in place is critical. And them seeing that the second they walk in just mm. starts the conversation in a much better way. Um, but also having the ability when they say, oh, you, you know, you've had a couple of hand injuries. What are you doing about that? They have a response yeah. to say, this is what we're doing. We're not just showing them one video and saying, good luck. We're, right. we're giving them this and we're giving them that. And we're, you know, doing, you know, multiple things. You really want to have a plan in place, you know, that you can talk to. And it's all recorded and, you know, tracked, you know, so you can say, you know, we just did a training on this last week 
and we did one, you know, three weeks before that, you know, so you can really kind of have that all, you know, quickly uh, at, at your fingertips to show them. Yeah, I think, you know, 100% having that right there that they can see and even look at you, watch you, pull up that information, show them, you're going to get a better reaction than saying, hold on a second, and then walking over to a filing cabinet and then, you know, searching for, for records. So to say, you know, having that information this back right in there. October or whatever, you know. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, do you feel there's, uh, is there still room for longer form training uh, sort of, you know, mixed in with micro content? Yes. Um, first of all, uh, you know, depending on the type of facility, the work you do, the exposures you have, OSHA requires that you have, you know, pretty in-depth training on certain topics. So that's going to require, you know, we call it longer format, but 10 to 15, maybe 20 minute training. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, there's certifications like forklift certification, uh, you know, that require hands-on as well as, you know, the training part of it. So th those things are always going to require that. OSHA 10 and 30, you know, all, all of that type of training is going to, you know, continue to be, I think, important, especially from the perspective of certification to say that, yes, they have gone through everything. You can't expect to only spend two minutes on hand safety right. and know everything there is to know about hand safety. You know, so so I think the bigger sort of goal should be to combine that with, you know, really impactful, uh, relevant uh, micro training that, you know, really helps your primary concerns and your risks at your facility or company. Um. So what, what's the future of micro content? Where do you see this going, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? Well, I, it's happening now, but, uh, you know, more and more mobile is going to be a key. Uh, so having it accessible, you know, on a device that someone can take a break and just go over to the side and take that. Uh, VR and AR, we, you know, we really think are going to, you know, play a big part in this. Uh, that's another area where if you've ever done VR training, you know, it's it's the most impactful to me when it's shorter, <laughs> when it's really yeah. to the point um, versus just wandering around like aimlessly for hours inside a VR environment. So, you know, I think that's another area that's going to just continue to, to take off and, and be just a great opportunity uh, and option for people to train on things that you just can't do in real life. Uh, putting out a fire, you know, uh, you know, uh, operating a big piece of machinery in a, you know, in a tight space, things like that. That's wh where, you know, I, I think we'll continue to expand, you know, and make it more and more interesting and engaging. So gamifying will be much more standard as well. Excellent. Well, uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. Yeah, great talking with you. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up episode 158 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Mm -hmm.